First off, can I just say how great it was to sleep in a little bit today? <laughs> Amen? Yeah. I, think, I think that it was, it, we, we've been getting up literally before sunrise to get my kids off to school, and it's been really weird to literally walk them to the bus in darkness because the sun isn't rising until like 8 o'clock. So I'm also very excited next week. This is just kind of a preview for when daylight savings ends. So you guys should be pretty excited about that. Um, So I wanted to do just one kind of quick announcement before we dive in, uh, mostly for the parents out there. And that is, starting next week, we are going to be introducing a new check-in system downstairs, uh, the aim of which is to get rid of the backlog of people all waiting to check in. So next week, you're going to be able to start checking yourselves in, which will be really cool. So just come on in. Yeah, we can clap for that. Yeah. So basically, we're hoping for just a faster check-in process, and we're also going to have, uh, in a couple of weeks, we'll give you a fast pass, which just goes on your key ring. Then you can just scan it, and it'll spit out the tickets for all your children. You'll be able to get up to church a little bit faster. So we're just trying to make the, the, the whole process of checking in your kids a little bit smoother and a little bit less stressful so that you can be a little bit more prepared to enter into worship. That's one of our goals with that. But one thing we will do for the first couple of weeks, because we're moving systems over, is we are going to kind of just double-check the information. So we might ask you your address or your phone number or your email. So that will be uh, one thing, just prepared, uh, just be prepared to do that. So without any further ado, let's dive in. Okay, you guys ready? Yeah. All right, good. I've never preached in front of this crowd before, so I, I don't, I'm feeling you guys out. Okay, so now let me start off with a question. Do you know... Does anyone have a guess as to what the most quoted scripture in the Bible is? Anyone have a clue? You can shout it out. It's cool. We're all here. John 3.16 is one. Anyone, any other guesses? Jeremiah 29.11, another popular verse. Any other guesses? Haven't heard the right one yet. We've got a Romans over here, but no. It's in the Old Testament. Nope. I got a couple of Lord's Prayer. Nope. Okay. Well, before this turns into an auction, I'm just going to tell you. Uh, so the verse is Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 6. This is by far the most quoted scripture in the Bible because every Jewish family for the last 5,000 years has been saying this verse every single day, and they continue to. So it's by far the most quoted verse in scripture. So I wanted to, to read it with you. And the cool thing is we actually read it for, I didn't realize we were also reading it for the uh, dedication. So this is, this is interesting. I was like, well, spoiler alert. So, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. These commandments I give to you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, and when you lie down, and when you get up. Now, this verse is actually the verse that Jesus quotes when he's asked, What is the greatest commandment? Uh, and, and just for some quick context here, this, the, the whole book of Deuteronomy is basically Moses' final speech to Israel before he dies. And this is kind of what, what starts the whole speech. But if you want a comparison, kids, I'll give you kind of a Star Wars reference, okay? So this is a star, the Star Wars reference would be in Return of the Jedi when Luke goes and visits Yoda before Yoda dies. And Yoda's telling him all this stuff from his couch, and the last thing he says is, Pass on. What you have learned, right? That is exactly what Moses is saying. You like that Yoda impression? Okay. Um, basically, this, this is the, 
this is kind of how Moses is saying, pass on what you've learned. Carry this on because everything that's led up until now, Israel has been really great at forgetting. So Moses gives this extremely long speech. I mean, you think 10, 15-minute sermon is long. Read the book of Deuteronomy. They all had to stand through that entire book. It's quite a long, long passage. But what Moses gives us here is God's blueprint for how he wants us to pass on our faith. Now, God could have made it so that the priests were in charge of that because we already had a priesthood established. It could have been go to the priests and the priests will tell you about God or go to tabernacle or synagogue and they will teach you about God. But he decides to do it a completely different way. He gives us a completely different model. Did you catch what that model is? Did you guys catch it? First, God commands us to love him with everything we have, right? Heart, soul, and strength. But the next thing he wants us to do is to impress that love onto our children, right? So God's plan for passing on our faith is the family, Boom, there it is, right? The family. And our, our mission statement in children's ministry is to invite families on the adventure of knowing God because we believe that having a relationship with God is an adventure. Amen? Can anyone attest to the adventure of knowing God? Yeah. So we want that to be an emphasis, but I didn't want that to just be for the kids, right? Because the kids aren't just the only part of children's ministry. It is a family endeavor, and we want the families to be on that adventure together. So God created families to function in a different way. He created them to function in the context of a long-term relationship, right? So it's not like families are just around for 20 or 40 years and then they dissolve, right? Families are meant to carry on from generation to generation. Children's, cousins, parents, aunts, uncles, grandparents, great-grandparents, all these family members have a purpose, right? Even that crazy aunt or uncle that you have, you know you have at least one. I have two. I'm not going to tell you their names in case they watch this online. But so there, there's a purpose for each part of that family. And God built this system because faith can be transmitted so much more effectively over a long period of time when you're living a life together in the context of relationship. And our goal in children's ministry is to build those relationships with kids and also help parents win. So what do I mean when I say parents win? So how many of you have kids that are, are grown or still at home or maybe they're grown and still at home? You have those? So we got a few. How many of you are hoping probably someday you'll have kids at some point? A few of you. You guys aren't hand raisers here. We don't raise hands during worship, but once the sermon comes, man, my elbows just, I don't know. Um, So for students, for kids, for grandparents, this question also applies to you. How many of you feel like you are having spiritual conversations in your house throughout the week? How many of you feel like, yes, I'm having a lot of spiritual conversations in my home. We're rocking it every opportunity I have. Pastor Allen's like, well, yeah. Uh, the fact of the matter is most families, statistically speaking, do not have spiritual conversations at home. Even, even the, the most devout Christian families Many of them don't have any of those spiritual conversations. There's nothing really being talked about God, talked about faith when they're outside of church. So nothing makes a greater impact on a child's faith than talking about God with their family, 
right? And, and this doesn't have to be some, some super intellectual Bible study, right, where you, you open up the book of Matthew and you talk about all of the prophetic uh, similarities and how Matthew ties it all together. Like, you don't have to have a Bible degree to do this with your family, right? But maybe what you just start with is asking your kids every day how you can pray for them, right? Or, or maybe you start to share with your family what God is talking to you during your quiet time, right? That's a super easy way. Or maybe, maybe you start teaching your kids how to have a quiet time. Because I feel like if, if the parents aren't the ones that are going to teach their kids how to open their Bible and, and read it, who is? Amen? And, I mean, obviously that's something I want to do as much as I can, but I don't have the influence as a children's pastor that you have as a parent to be able to do that daily and follow up with those kids. I mean, I reward your kids every week for bringing their Bible. Every week, kids, what do you get when you bring your Bible? Candy. You get a piece of candy, right? And, and we have, I think, tripled or quadrupled the amount of Bibles being brought to church since I started that. It's good. It's not, I don't love it because it's not really... I think if I stopped giving them the candy, probably fewer Bibles would show up. But what I want to make sure of is that they're just getting in the habit of bringing that Bible with them. Because in America, we've stopped bringing our Bibles to church a lot of the time because everything's on the screen, right? And I don't want the kids to have everything on the screen for them because what, what's happening is we're having a generation of kids that doesn't know where the book of Matthew is or where the book of Psalms is or how to use their table of contents to find a verse. So we're really trying to make sure we do that for kids because I feel like if I'm not doing it now, I don't think Pastor Allen ever takes the time to go, okay, we're going to open up to the book of Deuteronomy. Now, is the book of Deuteronomy in the Old Testament or the New Testament? Now let's find the chapter. The chapters are the big numbers. Like, we don't have the time to do that here, right? But that we take the time down there because I know if I'm not doing it, if I'm not helping them, they're not going to get that help probably in junior high or high school or college or anything. So now is the time for them to learn how to use it, and they can't use it unless they bring it. Amen? So keep encouraging your kids to do that. We also have, we, we bought a giant stack of Bibles, so every week every kid is opening a Bible, because that's so important. But doing it once a week, do you guys think that's enough? No. I hope you guys read your Bibles more than once a week. Uh, and I hope you encourage your kids to do that too. So um, I truly believe that parents want to do a good job of raising their kids. And I also feel like parents don't get enough praise and support in that big task. And one thing children's ministry is, is we are that support for you guys. And we're going to do something uh, starting probably, I'm hoping, by the first of the year, which we're going to create a parent resource library here at the church. And basically what I'm going to do is I'm going to get a lot of the, I think, the most helpful and spiritually influenced parenting books on kind of all you know, all stations of parenthood. So from, from newborns to high school to, um, you know, transitioning your kids into adulthood. Uh, so we'll get some books, we'll get some DVDs, and also help with blogs and stuff like that to just give parents some more resources and, and some more skill sets to be that spiritual head of their household because that is so important, and that's, that's what God has really charged you to do. So um, stay tuned for more of that, but that will be here, and those, those resources will be free for you to check out, just like a library which would be awesome. So our children's curriculum also has a great resource um, that, that parents can take advantage of to go a little deeper than just asking the question of, did you have fun at church today? And that resource is an app that I encourage you to download. It's called the Parent Queue. So the Parent Queue is an app that's designed to help every parent do something each week to help move their child toward a deeper faith and better future. I forgot that last word. Um, and basically this app ties with our curriculum. So 
it's not just random stuff. It's piggybacking on what they learned. So our curriculum is designed to work with both what's happening at the church and then parents to be part of that curriculum. So being able to ask your kids, hey, I saw that you were learning about forgiveness this week. What did you talk about forgiveness? Um, the app also gives you lots of good questions you can ask in the car, so on that, on that walk from to and fro, and uh, devotions you can do over dinner or things you can talk about over bedtime or verses to read. It also lets you watch the, uh, the lesson videos so you know what your kids are learning. It's just a really cool app, and then it also has a ton of different resources and, and different blog posts and, and things you can search. So I highly recommend downloading that. So that's enough of my plug for the parent queue. Um, yeah. So the, the idea with it, though, is it's designed so that you don't have to feel like you have to have a Bible degree to be able to teach your kids about Jesus. Because I think a lot of people are hesitant because they're like, I don't, I don't want to say the wrong thing and screw up my kids' whole f- spiritual future, right? There's a lot of li- writing on this. So these resources are there to kind of help give you a framework to work in so that you can have these conversations. So that's one big thing. And so one other thing we do every week is something that we call the big three virtues. We go over these every single week, right? We call them the big three, all right? And the big three are I can trust God no matter what, I need to make the wise choice, and I should treat others the way I want to be treated. And I promise the kids that we would do a little contest this morning, and i got to come down here to do this contest. And what we're going to do is try and find one adult who thinks they can remember all three of these, and one of the kids who thinks they can remember all three of these, and, and we're going to see who has the better memory. So I need one volunteer, one adult volunteer who's ready to embarrass themselves in front of the entire church. Who's ready? Everyone is, like, avoiding eye contact with me. This is hilarious. I got Emma back here who's like, I am so ready to do the big three. We got Emma. All right, Emma, can you say all three of the big three? I can trust God no matter what. That's one. Treat others the way you want to be treated. That's two. I can make the wise choice. That's three without even looking, everybody. Boom. Now, now I need an adult. I need an adult who thinks they could do it. Wise choices, treat others the way you want to be treated, and trust God no matter what. That's all you need to remember. Who thinks they can do it? Not a single one. We are all afraid of the children's past. All right, here we go. Here we go. All right, I'm going to try all three. I can trust God no matter what. That's one. I can make wise choices. That's two. And I can treat people the way I want to be treated. That's three. Give her a hand. Woo. All right. Parents and kids are tied at that. Well, good job. Okay. I wanted a little audience participation there in case some of you checked out while I was talking to parents. So are we all back? Are we all together? Do I need to refocus everyone? If you can hear me, clap once. If you can hear me, clap twice. Okay. We're focusing. All right. Here we go. You and that trick works every time downstairs. So we are all part of one body, right? The kids, the teens, the empty nesters, the single adults, the grandparents, the foster parents, the biological parents. Paul says we are part of one body, and that body is the church. And that's why I love getting together in one room like this, right? It may be a little cozy, but it's great to look around and realizing we are all worshiping God together, and we're all here to serve one another. So one thing I need to do is take this opportunity to communicate the need that we have in children's ministry and also the amazing opportunity God has for you to step out of your comfort zone and build relationships with these kids that are in your church family. Now, two weeks ago, we had 85 kids downstairs between the two services. So we're seeing a lot of growth down there. And we average between 20 and 30 kids on a Wednesday night. So 
if you want to see our church continue to grow and lives changed, in the words of Jesus, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few, right? We have plenty of kids down there. If, we, if our goal down there is to engage and have a relationship built with each one of those kids, then this congregation needs to see that, that value in doing that. And that just means basically I, I've got to have more volunteers down there, right? And what I really need is, is the, the focus is on relationships. The focus is on building relationships with each kid. And that means that I need you, not someone else. I need you. I'm looking each single person in the eye because I really believe that this investment will pay off so big in future generations in this church, amen, if we are making this investment in our kids. And here's my challenge for you. So this, this is how, how I want you to do this. So what I'd love for you to do is if God is just whispering and you're trying to ignore that voice and be like, no, I don't want to do the kids, all I want you to do is come and observe what we're doing downstairs during a service. Any service, any time. You just come to the new family check-in counter, and you say, I'd like to observe. So everyone say that with me. Ready? One, two, three. I'd like to observe. Right? And you could observe the younger kids. You could observe the older kids. You could observe all of them. You could observe what's happening in check-in. Part of what I want to be able to do is for you to see what's actually going on down there. Because I think a lot of people are like, there's no way I could do this. But they really don't know what the expectation is. They don't know what's going on. So it's very easy to avoid that and be afraid of it because you don't know what it is. Right? But once you see how things are structured and what we're doing and how engaged the kids are and the difference that it makes, I'm really convinced they're going to say, you know what, this isn't, this isn't that scary. There's, there's structure for me. There's things to help. So this, I think, is the best way for you to decide if volunteering in the kids' ministry is up your alley. So what I want is for you to take some time today as we go into this time of communion and earnestly ask God what the role is that he wants you to play in this church family. And that may be in children's ministry, it may be in teens, it may be in other areas. But I couldn't take the time today and not tell you about just the amazing things that are going on down there and just tell you we we would just love some more help to engage with more kids. And maybe God wants you to serve in a certain age group. Maybe part of it is God just wants you to stop beating yourself up for the kind of parent you think you are. Maybe God wants you to draw a line in the sand and say, you know what, from now on, my family is going to have a devotional every week and we are going to read our Bibles together because that's important and we haven't been doing it. Maybe God wants you to reach out to that family member that you had a falling out with before the holidays come up with and apologize to them, even if whatever happened wasn't your fault. But maybe maybe God just wants all of us to build relationships with one another. I think that's what it is. This is a place where we can have relationships. This is different than going to a football game or a baseball game where we'd all sit and cheer. This is relationships, and this is what God wants. This is, the, this is what Jesus' ministry was all about. This is what Moses' speech was all about. It's helping us all, heart, soul, and strength, to love God. And we have to do that together, amen? So don't think that you, because you haven't been around kids in 20 years, that God can't use you in the life of a child. And don't think because your family is dysfunctional that you can't make your home a place where God is exalted just as much as he is exalted in this room. 
So let's bow our heads together and let's pray as we go to communion.